Brave, outspoken, conservative. We are Ladies Raised Right. We're your co-hosts. I'm Olivia. And I'm Anouk. And we're dismantling the left's agenda one lie at a time. You can find us on all socials at Ladies Raised Right or on Twitter at Ladies RR. You can find anything additional on our website along with merchandise at ladiesraiseright.com. So this week we're going to be talking about the indoctrination of TV shows, popular ones that we see today. And we just want to start off by giving you a brief definition of what indoctrination is so you can keep this in mind throughout the episode and make the parallels yourself. According to the dictionary, indoctrination is defined as the act of indoctrinating or teaching or inculcating a doctrine, principle, or ideology, especially one with a specific point of view. So basically what you're doing is you're deciding this is what you believe and this is what everybody around you is going to believe and you're going to push it in any sort of way that you should. So this is starting to come out on TV shows and all these other places. We talk about it a lot with like universities and colleges, but it's not just there. Yeah, and before we start this, um, there are spoilers here, so we'll introduce each episode before we begin it, so you know if you don't want to finish that episode. Shameless was <laughs> spoiled in the creation. <laughs> I like ruined it like multiple times. <laughs> but it's okay. There's, yeah, so there's big spoilers on Shameless, Grey's Anatomy, um, You, Squid you, Games. Squid Games, That's and pretty Jane much it. Virgin. Yeah. We'll just call them all out from the beginning, I guess, just yeah. so you guys don't get <laughs> ruined. Yeah, so kicking off with Grey's Anatomy. It's a hot one. It is. So they were really extreme with it. Um, I mean, you can go back for a while, and Grey's Anatomy was like always like a good doctor show. It doesn't really get too politically involved. And over the years, they've gotten really dramatic with it. And you can see it when um, Bailey gets pulled over. Or who is It's not Bailey. Ben, or whatever Maggie's boyfriend's name is. So he gets pulled over by the cops, and they like act like it's like by an act of God that he survived getting pulled over. Yeah, and... Honestly, if you're looking at cars all around you, can you really look in the cars and see the race or gender of who's driving? No, you're pulled over because you're either speeding, you didn't stop fully, or whatever, tailgating. You mostly have, like, traffic violations that cause you to get pulled over. I'm not saying that that's 100% true every single time, but to over-dramatize it and, like, force kids to believe this from a very young age that they're going to be, like, victimized from just being in a car, like, that's a little bit extreme. Yeah, and... I don't know, it's just crazy to think about that they're pushing this so hard, and at the beginning it wasn't pushed at all. No, and it just, like, flipped the narrative, and it's like, now it's like, well, I used to enjoy the show, but... Yeah, but now I'm just watching it to get mad. (laughs) (laughs) To draw on points for ladies' race, right? (laughs) For research purposes. Exactly. Just another example of how the police aren't racist. We were pulled over once. My grandpa was driving. We were very young, and... Like, my brothers and I were young. I was probably 15 or 14. And the police pulled him over. So he's a 60-year-old white male. And he got out of the car, and the police pulled a gun on him. So, really, they don't involve race. If you're going to do something stupid, like reach into your glove compartment or get out of your car, that's when you get in trouble. Right. Your grandpa should have stayed in the car. And that's something that all kids should be taught. Not that they're getting pulled over for a certain racial profile, but that you should just follow what the cop is giving you orders for. And hopefully that they're they're honest people when they're pulling you over. And that's just a whole different story if they're not. But it's not just drawn to one type of person or anything like that. Yeah, we were always taught if you're ever pulled over, both hands on the steering wheel. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Only get the things when they tell you because they're going to treat every person they pull over like a criminal. Because 
that's their job. They're police. They're at high risk, so they should be acting like that. Yeah, and if you're going to do something stupid, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Stupid games, stupid prizes. (laughs) So I love Grey's Anatomy, and I've been watched it um, two times, and it's just interesting to see how in season one, I mean, they're calling Bailey the Nazi, and in season 16 or whatever they're on now, there's nothing. They would not do anything like that. It's so politically correct, and just indoctrinating kids or even young adults everywhere with all their innuendos, the political innuendos. Exactly. And it's like really drawing on that. Like they were so dramatic about COVID and they still are. And it's like, okay, most of the world has moved on. There are plenty of states that have successfully passed COVID and are seeing decreased rates and they're not following all these crazy mandates. And here Grey's Anatomy comes in swinging like, you are going to die if you're healthy and it's going to be really extreme and you're going to see all these dead people from your past when you're dying of COVID. Like, yeah. And that, there was that one guy that was, um, he was the runner in that episode and they were like, he fainted and they were like, sir, you have COVID. And he's like, no, I don't. This is made up by the government just so you all can get more money. And then he ends up dying. I thought it was quite convenient that he happened to be a middle-aged white man as well. Right. <laughs> And, like, to draw kind of on a personal experience, when I got COVID and I ended up at the hospital, actually, one of the first questions the doctors asked me is if I had an active will, like, implying that I was going to die. Like, well, <laughs> I'm, like, in my later 20s, I'm very healthy, like, very active, like, I'm not going to die. No. Our age and generation doesn't have much to worry about. Anyways. And, yeah. Um... So our next show that we kind of wanted to touch on that has heavy indoctrination is going to be You. So this one will definitely contain a spoiler for season three of You. So if you have not seen it yet, skip ahead. So the first thing I would like to define is what missing white woman syndrome is. It is when a white woman, white women occupying a privileged role as violent crime victims in media reporting. And this comes up literally in the second episode of You, when Marianne is talking about how Natalie went missing and she's like a missing white woman, so everyone only cares about her and it leaves like the minorities to fend for themselves and nobody cares about them, which is completely not true. This parallels Gabby Petito's case. I would not be surprised if it was filmed around that time. Um, and yeah, then Rick I mean, is this goes talk back more. to, I mean, you look at Gabby Petito's case, right? Like there's plenty of women that go missing every single day. But why did her case get so blown up on media? Why was she such a public eye? This even can go back to five, ten years ago, or probably actually even more than that now, um, when Elizabeth Smart disappeared too. Like, there are not only two white women that disappeared in the last, like, 20 years of the U.S. history. There's no way. There's plenty of people that disappear every single day, but why did the media pick these cases to really draw on and really pull attention to? Well, Gabby Petito did all the media's work for them by filming her TikTok, documenting their entire trip on YouTube, all her Instagram pictures, all the text messages that they were able to have. And the media isn't going to report on something if they don't have any information about it. So obviously this was like an easy case for them. And yeah, Elizabeth Smart, her family just knew a lot of people in the community and really promoted it and like kept pushing and pushing and didn't ever give up. And she was eventually found, which is alive, which is great. Um, but it's just things like that. Exactly. So then our next one that we're going to hit on is going to be Squid Games. Yes. So. Squid <laughs> in my little world. <laughs> if you have not seen Squid Game, 
skip ahead. However, we will probably not spoil too much of this because you can gather what happens from the first episode <laughs> from Fair Red enough. Light, Green Light. So, <laughs> say Biok is talking in one of the games about how she like came to South Korea from North Korea, and she's saying, and they're like, why did you come here? And she says, I thought it would be better over here. Um, well, for starters, in North Korea, you would not even be making a film like this because you would immediately be shot and it would be off the market. And in South Korea, you can make these kinds of free films and criticizing the government and nothing bad is going to happen to you. And so that was one example. And the most prevalent example is how at the end they show like, they talk about how the people are betting on the players because, like, they're the horses to them. And conveniently, all the people who bet, quote-unquote, on the games were rich white Americans. So, again, America sucks. We ruin everything. And death to America is basically the message that we're getting. That's a very strong message. <laughs> the South Koreans, everyone hates America. <laughs> Everyone hates America, yet everybody's still trying to come to America. <laughs> but people die to get over here. Yep. Interesting. Like, just how ironic. <laughs> so our next one um, is going to be Shameless. Again, jump ahead if you need to. Uh, <laughs> this one was ruined for me. <laughs> <laughs> this one was, sorry. I definitely ruined this one Olivia for Olivia when I was making our, like, notes to get ready for the show. Um, but it's okay. <laughs> we're going to hit off with... How Seamus really portrays how the police are being lazy or they're lying and unethical. So they placed Carl as a parking attendant in the show because he was going against the cops and he tried to reprimand the rich. So in this scene, or like in these episodes, basically what they do is they build up that Carl is really trying to find his place as a good cop and trying to make the world right. He keeps getting placed with all these different people to do his training. And as he gets placed with all these different types of cops, it really portrays the different types of cops that they are wanting to or the novels, the unjust cops, the cops that are doing sketchy things, the cops that are taking advantage of the world, the cops that are never getting out of their car to (laughs) discipline anyone. So it really kind of gives you a little bit of taste of everything. And him finally speaking up against someone who he ticketed that was rich, he got in trouble. And they took him off the squad uh, after he kind of mouthed off to the rich guy and put him as a parking attendant. Luckily, Carl's kind of a badass in this show, and I will say that he decided to make things right, and only give parking tickets to the rich. (laughs) So, like, while they're still indoctrinating that ideology, a little bit of faith isn't there. Woohoo. Woohoo. The next thing on Shameless, so we'll hit on health insurance. So, Frank dies of COVID. Spoiler. Spoiler. (laughs) Spoiler. I mean, he was bound to die at some point. They've tried to kill him off in every single way possible. They've literally put this man through the ringer, thrown him off a bridge when he's, like, dead. They, like, he overdoses, like, a few episodes before. Like He does? Yeah. He literally does. I'm only on episode four. I'm not even far enough. But, so, like, literally, like, but, like, like, Frank Gallagher, they've, like, put up, he's like a cat, like, has nine lives, like, just can't die. But yep. all of a sudden, he can die of COVID? Yeah. What are, like... If I was that man, like, I would want to go up way more epic than just dying of COVID. Which do you think is more deadly? Being thrown into the Chicago River in January, or, <laughs> with no clothes on, or dying of or COVID. After, didn't he get, like, 
shot or something. They did, like did something to him before they like threw him in there because like they threw him in there like with a bag over. Like they, <laughs> they I forget what they did. And he also like got a sketchy kidney transplant or like yeah. they stole his kidney and then he almost yeah. died there too. Yeah, like, thousands of things. But yet the fear of COVID is still being pushed. And then the other side of that too is <laughs> Frank's health insurance files. <laughs> It just has, like, one of the last scenes, they pull this rack out, and it's, like, 30 folders of, like, his patient files. And he just has so much racked up and so many crazy things, and it's just, like, hey, like, you can be Frank Gallagher, and you can continually just decide to make all these life choices that are very poor, and guess what? America's going to keep taking care of you. Yeah. So, not really a great example to follow here. Um, And then we have our whole thing with Ian, and, like, when he meets that guy or whoever that he's dating, and they, like, meet... Milkovich? The kid before him who's, like, the transgender. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Oh, yeah. I forgot his name, too. But, <laughs> but yes, he's currently dating Nikki, which is kind of funny. Um, so, all these... Every single show that we've talked about so far seems to put a gay or lesbian couple in there when, according to Gallup, only 5.6% of the U.S. population identifies as LGBTQ. But these characters are still put in there. They're still indoctrinating. They do an entire thing where they're sitting around the table. They're like, I'm gay. I'm trans. I'm cis. I'm, I identify as non-binary or whatever it is. My proper pronouns are. Yeah. Like, it's just too much. It is. And the hard thing, the interesting thing about this, too, is, like, a lot of these characters, when they get introduced into these shows... Their identity is they Solely. are the gay character. Yeah. Like, they don't really contribute much else to the show other than bringing attention to try to be like, hey, let's talk about this. So, again, nothing against the gays, but, like, if you're making up 5% of a population, there is not 95% of the rest of the population identified on every single show. So why is this one character always brought into it? Yeah, it just almost seems like they want to make it normal for kids to think that way when if you don't think that way, then... You shouldn't be forced to, to watch, like, things like this. Right. And then, so the next one with Shameless, the gentrification. So, obviously, like, this is pretty prevalent there as they talk about how the South Side is getting gentrified and they're bringing in money and how it's getting made up and they're fixing it and it's great. But there's a lot of problems with this, too. Um, it's hard to tell if they're really glorifying it or reprimanding it in the sense that they are maybe glorifying it. One of the scenes, they start to get this new apartment and you know, his boyfriend and they're like, living this new place and they're talking about how great it is and there's going to be a pool and this new apartment and like all these like coffee shops and all this stuff and it's like Ian's boyfriend or I guess husband Milkovich is like I don't want any of this this place was fine before without all this and there have to be those places that are left untouched because there are people that actually do enjoy those and then the other Mm -hmm. side of it too is like when you start to bring in some of this stuff into these areas that are kind of poor you're also raising the property tax of the areas and you're raising the cost of living for people live there who live there because it costs less so you're driving them out and you're giving them nowhere to live which is increasing in like homeless population yeah i feel like i'm always torn on shameless some they keep going back and forth on they really their indoctrination because <laughs> sometimes i'm like this is such a liberal show and then other times i'm like that was actually a good republican point right and then like lip spray paints his like house that he starts doing up just to like drive the property value back down yeah so it's, like while they're like driving this point it kind of gives you like the slight flip side of the other one where this show maybe kind of presents a little bit of both ideologies without totally shoving it down your throat. Yeah, so Shameless is probably one of the most neutral right. shows out there. And then we have 
Jane the Virgin, um, which was popular quite a few years ago. And one of the things that has always stuck out to me is how they talk about the medical repatriation because Alba, who's Jane's grandmother, uh, has an accident. She has to go to the hospital. Alba happens to be an illegal immigrant. And while they're there, the like doctor or whoever comes in and he's like, I'm sorry, we're going to have to deport you back to where you came from. And they're like, what? Why are you going to do this? Like, this is illegal. She can't even move. She's still in all this, this horrible condition. And that is completely exaggerated. That is not what they do. First of all, if you're an illegal immigrant and you go to the hospital with a life-threatening condition, they will take care of you. They're not just going to immediately send you back to the country you came from. And when they do send you back to the country you came from, it's because, one, you don't have health insurance. Two, you're illegal. So you're taking up a hospital bed for people who have the insurance to stay here and, like, actually, I don't want to say actually need the help, but who also need the help. And you're taking up millions of dollars from the doctors. And then also these people who have to go to the hospitals, it costs, like, thousands of dollars to stay in the hospital for a day. So if you're in a critical condition... You're there taking millions of dollars, and they know they're not going to get it paid back. So, I mean, common sense, of course, they're going to send you back to their country and, or to your country. And this doesn't only apply to immigrants. If myself or Nook were to fly to a different country, that's ratchet, and <laughs> third world, and we get some sort of awful illness there, and we almost die, and we're in critical condition, then we're going to be flown back to the States because they don't want to take care of people who aren't their people either. And that's what medical repatriation is. So be sure to educate yourselves on that. So I almost lost it when you started talking about her grandma. And I was like, Abuela from AFC. <laughs> I'm like, let's start a GoFundMe to get Abuela with her. Yeah, yeah poor, poor Jane's grandma. Um, <laughs> we should do a GoFundMe for Jane's grandma. <laughs> Save Alba. She eventually, she eventually gets better. Alba over Abuela. <laughs> And then, um, so another common theme in this show is how the rich always have an easier life because they have money and money solves every single problem. However, this is not the case because when you dig more into the lives of people who have the money, you realize how messed up it is and not actually perfect, like how they try and pretend. So those are a few examples from Jane the Virgin. So our next one, um, I feel like I probably could go off on this one for a while. The Bachelor. There are no new spoilers on this because after this happened, I boycotted the show and I stopped watching. <laughs> so unless you haven't caught up with The Bachelor, haven't seen news for like maybe a year now, like I'm not spoiling anything for you. This is old news, but we're going to hit this because it's pretty relevant still and it's still very obvious like that they clearly have some serious indoctrination issues. So they removed Chris Harrison as a host. Um, they said that the rumor was that he got paid $50 million to keep all of ABC's secrets when he got removed from the show. Uh, so what happened for him to get removed from the show is that he was interviewed by a former contestant, Rachel Lindsay. Um, the reason Rachel Lindsay was interviewing him was to kind of dive deeper because there was this really socially touchy topic. Um, apparently, another former contestant had attended a Lady Antebellum-themed party, um, and there were pictures of it that resurfaced from 2018. Mind you, this is, like, more than, like, two or three years later that these pictures came back up. And at the time, in 2018, there were tons of Lady Annabelle theme parties. This was, like, very common. Like, millions yeah. of people probably attended that theme party that year. And 
in none of the pictures are they doing anything awful. They're literally just standing there in front of a nice mansion, yeah. smiling. Like, they're not doing anything that would be culturally insensitive to the other groups. Um, like, yeah, if you look back and we decide that everything's culturally insensitive, yeah, like, obviously, like, maybe we shouldn't do that anymore. But at the time, like, this was, like, very common. This was very popular theme party. Again, like I said, probably millions of people attended this theme party. And guess what? Rachel Lindsay decided to pick one person out and call them out for it and get her fucking stepped up to fame. She just walked all over the entire ABC cast to try to, like, get her little claim to fame by claiming that some sort of racist act happened, which is not even close to true. Um, Wasn't it also his fiance? Oh, it was Matt James's fiance. And, like, he was also a, like, African-American contestant. So he broke up with her because he decided that was racist and insensitive. And how could he ever marry somebody like that? Which doesn't even make sense because the point of The Bachelor is you get to know these people in (laughs) a month. Right. Like, how are you supposed to know somebody in a month? Like, I feel like you could date somebody for two years and then you just get to know them. (laughs) You still find something that's wrong with them. And obviously she's not racist if during that month I'm positive that you'd be able to pick up on any right. kind of racist innuendo and if she was racist don't you think she probably wouldn't have gotten on the show in the first place yeah probably not <laughs> like hey like this is a bachelor oh i probably shouldn't yeah be like, on this that just doesn't make any sense so um i mean abc really pushes this the left uses abc for their agenda um at their convenience to create new standards and continue to cycle babble the young and impressionable minds that watch this tv franchise thanks tv Good job, ABC, The Bachelor. I'll give you my final rose. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, not watching that show anymore. Thanks, yeah. but no thanks. So there's a lot of parallels in kind of all the topics that, or all these shows that we touch that is a broad theme across kind of all of them. Yeah, so one of them is how the police suck and are impartial to the rich and they are racist in the eyes of the left. And as we've discussed, a statistic have proven this is not the case another common theme is how there there just has to be a gay or lesbian couple and the only the only reason that they're on the show is because they identify as a gay or lesbian finally minorities are always at a disadvantage so i mean the left is currently like you can look at it actively right now they're trying to pass this bill and i really haven't looked too much into it they're gonna Give illegal immigrants six figures. $450,000. $450,000 specifically, yeah. For coming like, over here. Let me lose my, let me go burn my social security and just like cross the border of Mexico. I want $450,000. Like, yeah. I'll take that. Like, if that's how I have to get it, then let's do it. And do any of these lefts, like, do any of these liberals think about where this money is coming from? I mean, obviously your taxes, <laughs> but guess what? Probably most liberals are still hiding in their basements and not working. So, hey, Olivia, there yeah. go our taxes. <laughs> Thanks, Biden. Thanks, Biden. <laughs> Let's go, Brandon. <laughs> um, another thing to really look at is who's producing these shows. So Grey's Anatomy and The Bachelor franchise are both owned by ABC, which falls under Disney. Um, Walt Disney is seriously indoctrinated in children right now. You can see this as well, like, in The Muppets. We didn't really touch base on this because it's not, like, maybe, like, an adult TV show, but children are seeing this. Um, so for The Muppets, um, there's a message to gender nonconforming kids. So it's trying to tell kids that, like, they can be non-conforming. Um, it's, like, this little, like, gonzo character who comes out, and I guess he, like, lost his slipper or whatever, and he comes and turns into Cinderella. So this little boy turns into a princess. Um, and, like, when you're that young, you don't know what sex is. You don't know what gender is. You're literally, like, 
how on earth are kids supposed to suddenly be having all this information pushed onto them? Right. And then another part of it too. So, I mean, obviously Walt Disney has a pretty heavy hand in it. Uh, Shameless is a Showtime show and Jane the Virgin is a CW show, but both are owned by Viticom, CBS. Squid Row is produced by Siren Productions. Squid, Squid Game. <laughs> if anybody else knows, Squid Row is a club in Cabo. I don't know why I keep saying Squid Row instead of Squid Games, but shout out. Um, you're in Cabo. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Um, but anyway, so Squid Game was produced by Siren Production. Um, and Squid Game was produced by Siren Production, Inc. However, it and you were both distributed by Netflix. So Netflix is also really pushing this as well. And then there has to be, like, there's there's no lack of coincidence in all of this. Like, no. these major network providers have multiple shows that are doing the same thing with these same messages. Like, what do you really think they're trying to do? Like, big tech is just running with it because they have no rules, and they're just going to continue pushing all these crazy ideas because, guess what? They can get away with it. But the second we say anything that contradicts it, guess what? Guess who's banned on TikTok? Guess who's in jail? We're us. canceled. We're canceled. Try and cancel us because we're uncancelable. <laughs> yeah. It's just a totalitarian movement. Um, and really, the TV companies and all these producers have gotten fully into it. You can't watch a single... I don't even care about, like, if it was Republican. I wouldn't care. I just want to watch a movie or a TV show with no political innuendos in it because I'm watching TV to get my mind off of everything else. Right? Like, TV should be your de-stressing. Like, hey, I want to watch a comedy. I don't want to worry about, like, yeah. how am I going to be trying... Like, who's going to try to change my opinion today on my political stance or my religious beliefs or whatever it might be just because I'm watching this comedy? Like, if I'm watching a comedy, it's because I, like, am mindless and I'm, like, fried from work and I just need, like, five minutes to, like, chill out. Yeah. So, and they're trying to cancel Dave Chappelle. Again. <laughs> he I makes fun of every single group. You can't be offended by him. He's equally offensive to everyone. <laughs> yeah. So if we want equality, Dave Chappelle is here. And if you guys have any examples of shows that you see all this indoctrination happening, feel free to drop us comments on our Instagram, Twitter, um, even on our new website that's coming up. Yeah, I'm always looking for new TV shows to watch and get riled up while I'm knitting. <laughs> We're ready for you. <laughs> yep. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Join us next week as we continue to dismantle the left's agenda one lie at a time. Thanks for starting your week off right with Ladies Raised Right. <laughs>